0: And welcome back to another edition of the Spurs News Podcast, the only Tottenham Hotspur dedicated podcast that this week will be talking about gardening. Yep. Um, yeah, the roses are coming through nicely. Yeah, yeah, for 50 uh. minutes, enjoy. <laughs> um, I am Sam, uh, lovely to have you back with us. Um, I'm not sure how many people are going to be listening this week. With the results as they are, people tend to just want to bury their heads. But if you are with us, you brave, brave souls, thank you Um welcome. It is me. Uh, I am not joined by Matt this week. Matt is busy. Uh, Matt went to the game last night. Uh, he's not depressed. He's actually still very positive. But it is an opportunity for Stefan Stefan. Welcome, mate. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Um, yeah, really. I, was, I wasn't okay last night. I'm no, I gonna, know, I know. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Last night, um, after the game, um, uh, of course, I'm discussing the Norwich game because uh, context for when people are listening on a different day. Um, after the penalty shootout, after the Eric Dyer incident. I was just wound up and I needed to get to sleep because I had an early meeting the next day and I couldn't. I was just wound up and wound up and wound up. But I don't think I ended up getting to sleep till like half past three and my Ooh. alarm went at six. So. Ouch. Yeah, fully blame Tottenham for that. Um, I amongst, do. Yeah. Amongst so many other things in my life, I fully blame them for. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Mate, basically, the show this week, I, I had kind of like bullet points laid out that we were going to work through. Um, so if you don't mind, uh, I'm, am still going to stick to that. I know the, the kind of, uh, probably the most popular thing or most thing everyone wants to talk about is last night and a few of the incidents, but (laughs) I don't um, know. I
1: think most people probably want to forget it.
0: Yeah, maybe (laughs) possibly. Um, but I wanted to open with, just to get out of the way, uh, the Wolves game. Because, obviously, two games have been played since our last show. Yeah. People who listened to our last show will be aware that, you know, we were a little bit down we'd lost two games in a row. Um, and we were looking the banks back against Wolves, knowing it would be difficult. But being at home, uh, Wolves playing in the Europa League later than us, we were hoping yeah. we could get a result. Yeah. Um, did you
1: watch the Wolves game? I, uh, I I watched the majority of it. Yeah. Um, I actually managed to miss all five of the goals for one reason or another. Huh.
0: Yeah, no, I was, I was talking to you actually thinking, right?
1: Yeah, I was watching the game, but I had to help put my other half's little ones to bed and managed to miss like two goals whilst I went up just before Birdwin scored. Yeah. Came back at one all and went, well, what the hell's happened there? and then yeah, yeah the kettle boils so when I made a cup of tea just before half time and missed Aurier's goal well I don't, I don't know oh, if you, I don't know if you
0: agree with me or not but I, I didn't feel like we were doing that badly I, I felt like we were actually playing offensively better than we played in a little while um, I thought we actually had some patterns to our play um, we actually looked dangerous for the first time in a good few weeks the, the yes. issue for me is that for the whole season, not just the Wolves game, and not just under Mourinho, but under Mariccio as well before him, we we just have nothing at the back. Teams can just cut us open at will. And Wolves just finished their chances. They just, you know, did to us what we did to Man City a while back which is, you know, two shots on target, two goals. I think the, the stat at one point, I think it was about 78 minutes in or 80-something minutes in, they would literally had three shots on goal and they'd scored three goals.
1: Yeah, they had, yeah, a full time, they had four shots on target. Ah, well, there you go, yeah. Um, so, so we made one save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I gotta be honest with you, I don't massively hold
0: Gazaniga responsible for for the three goals. Yeah, you could argue perhaps Laris might have been able to keep one of them out. Yeah, he possibly could have. He is he is an international, uh, fantastic keeper. But they they shouldn't have been getting those chances. You know, they all came yeah. from mistakes. And I yeah. I challenge a Tottenham fan right now to put it in their mind. Can you remember a last game where we didn't concede a goal due to individual errors.
1: Uh, I I'm really struggling, um, like I really, really thought yeah.
0: about and because there are teams like sometimes you can see the goal, you know, a guy does something you know, like a one two, does something amazing, he hits a screamer in the top corner and everyone just goes, Yeah, you can't defend that, you know. Yeah, all right, you know, you, you can't you can't stop that. You can set up all the plans in the world, you have the best defenders in the world. Someone does that, you know. You could have three goalkeepers, it ain't gonna help. Yeah. Um but we consistently give the ball away. Um, uh, you know, we'll let the ball bounce and a defender gets in there, or a goalkeeper won't catch it. Or It is consistent individual errors. And it's been that way for some time. And damn, is it frustrating. I, I think that is one of the biggest issues we have. Uh, because if you were to say uh, the players aren't good enough. I don't think that's true because you're looking at the players individually and you're thinking, experienced, internationals, quality. This shouldn't be happening.
1: Especially when, like, against Wolves, we had five at the back. We had a back three and then the fullbacks. Like, that, to me, especially against a team like Wolves, that you know they're going to give it a bit of a go. Yeah. But to have three central defenders, you would think to yourself, okay, that's definitely going to be... Enough to kind of shut up shop if needs be.
0: Yeah, well, you think, and, I mean, and then they just kind
1: of walk through you, and you go, "Oh, okay." Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, uh, it's very easy uh, in the modern culture just to lay blame with people constantly. Uh, but you know, individual errors: uh, Dyer made an error, Tanganga made an error, Sanchez. Um, you know, you could look at it and say, oh, "If Toby been playing, would he have made those errors?" But at the same time, the rumor mill is Toby literally needed a couple of games off or he was going to burn himself out Um, so it's difficult I'm looking at it and I'm struggling to to find an answer which when you look at the fact that it was happening under Pochettino and one of his key things he brought to us which we'd never really had at Tottenham was a defence. I remember in the twenty sixteen seventeen season, we were like the, the leanest defence in the league. Yeah, it was ridiculous.
1: That season was crazy. Like no one, especially yeah. like at at home, you you don't, you knew you weren't going to get like, chances.
0: No, and you
1: You think about
0: it, you know it was a back four it you know it wasn't a back four it was a back four it was the Belgian duo uh walker who are offensive players they they weren't neither of them were great defensively no. uh, they kind of used their pace to get themselves out of trouble a lot, which to be honest, you' are watching other full backs that seems to be a pattern, but it works yeah but so so what was the key difference and I think the key difference is we had an absolute wall of a shield in front of them in Wanyama and or Eric Dyer at that point who yeah. was just breaking up play constantly meaning teams couldn't get that bit of space in front of our back four to to manipulate play to you know to have runners coming off of them because the minute they got into that space they had a Wanyama or a Dyer kicking lumps out of them yeah. and then we had Dumbele for a transition, you know, just give the ball to him and he'll take
1: it. You yeah, know, he'll just run with it and yeah, keep going.
0: Yeah, they'll bring him down and we'll win a free kick, or he'll thread the ball to Ericsson who will create, you know, or he'll find Kane. So it's kinda of like we've just lost that shield and when you when you think of it that way, it's no wonder we've stopped being a lean defence. It's no wonder why we we've stopped, you know, we've started conceding goals consistently yeah we literally have no one in the team who can do that job you know harry winks is a a deep lying playmaker at best he's not a, a tactically defensive player um oliver skip came on and did that job last night but i, I still don't see that as his full-time resi- you know but of course he might be being coached to become that
1: um yeah, I'd like to think that Skippy could take over from what that that Diawenyao. Know, he's got kind of the presence, yeah. and he seems to have the knowledge of where to be at the right time to kind of get in the way. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to Skippy. He's one of the one of the things
0: I want to talk about for last night. But I mean, I don't think there's anything else to say about the Wolves game. I, I think if you go one nil up, two one up at home, you need to be winning those games if you've got aspirations to be a top four side. The fact we lost at home to Wolves again, uh, don't yeah. get me wrong, it's no disgrace losing the Wolves. They're, they're a good side. But when you consider the additional days we had, rest and preparation time, when you consider the fact that they're using the same players constantly, and yet our manager's constantly using that as an excuse for our team's poor poor yeah. results, <clears throat> it, it does chafe a little bit, and it does sting going 1-0 up, 2-1 up, you kind of want to be winning those games to lose three, two was just, was just painful. Um, so that's the Wolves game. I want to kind of knock that on the head now, but one of the stories that came out, and I know we're going to be talking about this guy over a few things during this podcast. Um, one of the stories this week is Eric Dyer has picked a position now. Um, basically he's kind of said publicly, which, um, I think any fan with eyes has said for a while, which is he's not a defensive midfielder. He's not a midfielder. No. Uh 2016, 17 younger, uh healthier perhaps, you know, because of the the things that have happened with him in his life since since then. Yeah. He was athletic, he was able to cover the ground, he glide and he just break up play constantly, fill in for the full backs. He did a phenomenal job for us then. Um, he can't do that now he's physic I mean I think they've tried so many times I think Mauricio Pochettino tried with him uh, Jose when he first came in tried it just doesn't work yeah um, so
1: central defender uh, what are your thoughts on that spot on absolutely spot on now I think you're right when he first joined us he was a, a right back then he no, no, some... no
0: no no he was a
1: central well, defender he was a central he, defender he got... that got pushed to the right back yeah yeah um, then he played obviously his bit of central defence then he became kind of that shield we just spoke about yeah did it for England as well really well um, but yeah I think a couple of little injuries the illness and everything has kind of taken that yard of pace off him that he had yep. that made that position so good for him I think now as a solid defender I mean he's a he's a big lump of a man anyway
0: yeah
1: and he we know he can tackle he's a good tackler he showed, I think last night, he showed a few times that he's really got that kind of central defensive mindset of knowing when to get in front of the players and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I think it's a good move for him. And I think yeah. it could be a good move for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think as a central defender, it's definitely his future. Um, Pace-wise, the thing about Eric Dyer, and, and you just said it then about losing the yard of pace, he is actually still quite quick over the sort of distances a central defender travels, you'll very rarely see people get away from him, genuinely. If you yeah. if you actually watch him, people very rarely get away from him. Um, but the one thing that has definitely changed, and it's why in midfield he got so exposed, and in defence against Wolves a couple of times, it's like his reflexes have slowed. Um, like sorting his feet out, uh, adjusting his body position. It's like he's kind of still fighting back from injuries and the illness, etc., to get that again. Um, yeah. And I, and I wonder if that's going to come with gang practice, perhaps, you know, because he's been a real bit part, stop, start player for quite a while. He just needs like a run of games and he'll get that back because if he does, then yeah, as a central defender, I think he's a great asset to the club going forward.
1: Yep. Um, I completely agree with you.
0: I mean, that gives you Davinson Sanchez, uh, Tobial virold Eric Dyer, and Jaffa Tanganga coming through. I mean, four central defender options going into next season, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Jan Vertonga, and I think the club, you know, and him are still not talking. So whether Jan's leaving or whether he might sign another year deal, who knows. But at the moment, it certainly doesn't appear
1: to be on the cards. No, he's not. He's been left on the bench for games and. Yeah. Very much kind of a case of, okay, you're going, you're going sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, we can't talk about Eric Dyer without talking about last night's game. I, I felt he had a really good game against Norwich. I, I
1: think, think it was one of the best I've seen in a while.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I thought he was actually very good. I thought he defended well, his positioning was good. Uh, when any questions were asked, you know, if you heard him say, what a block or something like that, it was typically him. Uh, getting there getting stuck in Um, he he appeared to be a real threat coming forward as well like Norwich seeing him come into the box he he was getting right in there Um, you know a bit I I do think and this is a really strange thing but I do think we as a team do need to work on our set pieces we have a real aerial threat with Toby on the pitch or Eric or or Jan we don't seem to use it as much as we should We've
1: now actually got someone in the cellso who can beat the first man and put it into a dangerous position. Yeah, yeah.
0: It did make me laugh. He had a couple of corners last night cleared by the first man. And after that, you could see he kind of like got it in his head. Well, I'm going to go deeper then because clearly no one's making that run to the near post. Yeah. Um, and after that, it was kind of, you know, every corner was beating it quite comfortably. So, yeah. Um, it's something that you think that perhaps we could work on because I mean, the goal, our, our first goal last night came. Jan Vertonghen header was phenomenal. Great uh, it, was a, it, was, it was a free kick delivery from the uh, he got the run in, got the run on the defender who was static and just absolutely buried it. So that was great. Um, but yeah, so, so Eric Dyer, then, I mean, we can't talk about last night without talking about what happened after the game. Uh, what did you see of it? I mean, obviously it went pretty wildfire over social media. I,
1: I didn't see anything for about an hour or so afterwards because after the penalty was missed, I turned it off and was like, that's it's done.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I wasn't. I didn't listen to like, the press conferences or anything like that until this morning. Yeah. Um, it was only on social media. Um, someone put something up about what have you done, Dyer? And I was like, mm. oh, he, he scored the penalty. What do you want about what's he done? And so I then yeah. started looking for it. Um yeah. I was messaging you like last night there was just rumours flying everywhere of why yeah. he had done it.
0: Yeah, I think um, I mean all over perf- the place. It perfectly demonstrates how quickly one person can say something on social media and it becomes fact. Yeah. Which, which whenever I see that demonstrated it is really worrying to me how easy that happens. Uh, I mean, I'm not talking about you know a, a Twitter clique of Spurs fans of a few thousand people were led down the garden path. I'm talking about hundred thousand plus people on Twitter online, including some celebrities, ex-players, had a narrative given to them which they started tweeting and retweeting about within minutes with no facts at all, no. purely based off one person's account that spread like wildfire.
1: Yeah, um, someone someone said that um Gidson Fernandez had been racially abused in the crowd and Eric yeah. Dyer had gone to sort it out.
0: Yeah, so now, basically, the, the room sorry mate just just the, yeah. the rumor was Jetson Fernandez racially abused Eric Dyer jumps in the crowd and there was a video that circulated quickly where he's shouting it's my brother and people were like oh you know Eric Dyer referring to Jetson Fernandez as his brother da, 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 da. and this narrative just spread like wildfire Sorry, yeah, you, you were going to say.
1: What I was going to say is, like, I've been to that stadium, as a lot of people, I'm assuming, listening to this podcast, have been to the stadium. Mm. It is a bloody big stadium, yeah, and it is a very noisy stadium, yeah. There is no way in hell Eric Dyer just walking along the edge of the pitch heard one person make a comment.
0: Well, I don't know. It depends is my what first thing,
1: and secondly, I, I just think, I just, you know, like there seems to be like this big kind of. Um, like objective out there at the moment to keep the racism out of football and things as though journalists etc have seen this and gone oh we can really make this into a look at the players standing up for each other can you believe it yeah yeah
0: but then but to be fair i never saw one spurs journalist follow it no all i saw was a fan generated thing which then started gaining you know because there's a lot of in essence, fan run accounts, you know, like Spurs news is a fan run thing. We got 50 odd thousand people on Facebook. If we'd posted on Facebook, Eric Dyer's run into the crowd, uh, because of racism, then that's 50 odd thousand people sharing it potentially with their friends and their friends that are being fed a lie. It it wasn't true. (laughs) Um, basically what happened was Eric Dyer saw his family in the crowd and a, a Spurs fan and I'm, Putting fan in air quotes was abusing Eric something terrible, shouting at him and screaming at him, right next to his family. Now, of course, he didn't know his family was there, but Eric Dyer's younger brother, with his mum or whatever in front of him, didn't appreciate that. Told him, "Oi, you know, knock it off, or whatever," and got pushed. Eric Dyer is looking up at his family and is basically seeing his younger brother get pushed. Yeah, and and he reacts
1: as pretty much any big brother would.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I'd have flattened him. I'd, I'd have lost my job and, you know, my career. I'd have yeah. actually murdered him. I think
1: Jose Mourinho. His conferences. It's he. You know, I repeat again. As a professional, you can't do it, but everyone else would have done it. Well, yeah. And it's just yeah. Yeah, spawn. He, he shouldn't have done it because he is a professional footballer. It's that whole role model thing. You're in the spotlight. He's. I mean. Unfortunately, the FA are now kind of looking like it's going to get a couple of the match banned for it. I mean, basically,
0: uh, whether we agree with it or not, Eric's being investigated by the FA, the club, uh, the police, uh, Met Police have basically said they've had no complaints so far, but they are aware of the incident. So what will yep. it be, it will be. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, away from Eric Dyer, I mean, the overall game against Norwich, um, for 20 minutes... Two 10-minute spells, I'm going to say. Possibly the start of the game. I don't know, maybe longer at the start of the game. Maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes at the start of the game. And then 10 minutes right at the end of the game. Um, I thought we looked quite good.
1: Um, We looked attacking. Yeah, I think you've been generous on the first 20 minutes. Really? I don't think it was quite that long. We started the game well, don't we? We did start the game well. Yeah. Our biggest problem is his finishing chances. Well, massively is our biggest <clears throat> problem.
0: but well, we don't have a striker.
1: No, apparently not. No, um, but we we started the game well, and I think the last ten minutes, the way they were playing in the last ten minutes, but it took their equaliser. If we had a played like that the whole game, that would have been a whole different scoreline, I reckon.
0: Uh, but but can we play like that? I don't I don't think we can.
1: No, I th- the intensity in the last ten minutes to try and get the goal. Was fantastic, though. Like, every player, like, every ball was getting up to the box trying to find a way in. Um, yeah. Serge should have buried that chance, but we, you know, that surge for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, Aurier's going to... Aurier, he does so many good things in a game uh, at times, you know. he he, he can. I, I think there was, like, one moment last night which kind of signed him up for me. In, like, the space of a minute, he did this run... Um and I mean it summed up Tottenham actually. He takes the ball, he wins the ball, and he bursts forward into space. Yep. And all of the players ahead of him, who now should be on their bikes so he can thread the ball or have some movement to draw a defender or anything, stopped.
1: Yeah, they were all a good I, like I just fifteen walked, yards behind I, him, <laughs>
0: watching it. And of course, he's brought the ball forward, and then he has to stop himself because he's like, oh, "Where, where have everyone? you all gone?" I, I, I mean, I as a co- I mean, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a coach. I'm just a football fan. But I'm, I'd be screaming, you know, when they analyse this video after the game. Did they not just show these players that and go, what were you thinking? Yeah. What was on your mind in this moment where he's bringing the ball forward, the defenders are backing off, that you thought I'm just gonna stop because. Yep he ran out of like he ran for and I could hear the crowd groaning like it was his fault and it's like, no, I I'm not a Serge Aurier fan, but no, that was one hundred percent not his fault. <laughs> he he can you know, he's brought that ball forward, he's won it in a high position, you know, sort of nosebleed for a defender, although he ain't really much of a defender. And yeah. and you you can't just stand still. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Um and then there's other instances like he, he won the ball back Uh, around halfway, and you're like, oh, you know, well done, and then he just booted it. And I was like, right, okay.
1: Or he'll make an amazing run down the wing, find himself in the perfect space, get the ball played, one touch past the defender, and then outside of his boot, scoop it up into near the top row of the stands.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a frustrating player. Uh, he, He is someone we could, dare I say, easily upgrade... Uh, with someone who was on the other side of the pitch last night, in fact. But that's something that probably never (laughs) happened because we have to spend money. Um, One of the real bright sparks for me during the game, um, Jan Vertonghen scoring the goal, you could see how much it meant to him. The last Mm -hmm. FA Cup game, of course, was the night that Jan Vertonghen got substituted and looked an absolutely broken man. Um, So to see him captain the side, score that goal... Absolutely, you could see him like the incredible Hulk kind of moment, just absolutely screaming. Then yeah. doing his super Jan. Um Yeah. Love, love Jan Vertongue. He's been an incredible servant for us. So that, that meant a lot to me seeing that last night, but one of the real bright sparks from me was actually the Oliver skip performance. Um, he was, he was really great. I mean, uh, he actually put on a display, which I wasn't really sure he was the player for. He sat deep, he broke up play consistently, he brought the ball forward consistently, he looked to pass forward on a regular basis, he turned on the ball, um, which is something our midfielders haven't been doing. You know, They've been picking up the ball, then passing it backwards, then moving. He was picking up the ball and turning with it to try and take it forward. Yeah, um, Something that Celso and Undombele do, but of course we, we've seen that sparingly from him. So, I, I was really impressed. His timing of the challenge was excellent. He took a yellow card for the team, which yep. is something we've really not been doing. Uh, you know, going back to that Wolves game, I swear two of those goals could have been avoided if a player just stepped in and brought a guy down. The old tactical foul. Yeah. yeah. And it's something Mourinho said in post-match. and it, I, You know, when you hear... When you, were, I don't know if you're the same as me. I observed this myself, and I kind of made a mental note because we are doing the podcast. So to then hear Jose Mourinho say basically what my observation was afterwards, I was kind of like, ah, that's validation. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's I of, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, clearly I'm a genius. Yeah, uh, but no, not quite that far. But <laughs> after he got booked, I never felt like he was going to get sent off.
1: No, which is nice because there have been times where yeah, go back to Serge Aurier in his moments of brilliance and madness. Oh, oh it was inevitable. Once, once he gets a yellow card, you're sitting there, like, counting down. Oh, going, we're waiting, yeah.
0: And it could, it could literally be a minute. He'll go straight in on somebody else, and the referee's like, Really?
1: But then, um, Delhi Alley's is exactly the same for me. If Delhi picks up a yellow card, you're waiting for the I'm red I'm waiting for the red card. But yeah, yeah. skip last night. No, I'd no. forgotten he got booked.
0: No, he's gained an altar. His discipline was excellent, but he knew he couldn't do what he did last time, you know? So basically he he stepped off. He yeah. didn't get as tight. If he did tighten up, he then took a step back. Like you see him, he approached people with like his arm out. So he puts the arm on their back. They know he's right there tight, but then he takes his arm away and takes a step. Yeah. So they think he's like right up behind them, but he's not. It's like such a ridiculously subtle thing, but I picked up on it just thinking, how smart is that from a young player yeah. that he's doing that? You know, because if a guy goes down like, oh, no, ref, look, he's gone into me, and he's like a yard away from the refs, going to be like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, in reality, he's getting right up to him, so they feel like he's right on them, then taking that step, so if they turn, he's there to challenge, but he's not getting himself in a position where they can beat him, and he has to bring them down. Yeah, they they um, can't
1: turn him, because he's not there to be turned. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's
0: brilliant. Yeah, I, I was... I was sort of watching it, and we were one 0 up, and he was putting in this kind of display. And I was thinking to myself, if he can replicate that, you know, like from now right the way through to the end of the season, then we've solved our need for that shield. He could be that. He genuinely yeah. could. And I mean, it was kind of like a mind blowing thing for me because I watched him in the academy so much. He was. When he was about sixteen, seventeen, he was playing in the under twenty three team. And not only was he playing in that like well above his age, he was the standout player. You know, he was the yeah. one you watched it and you went, Oh wow, who's that kid? He's like, Oh yeah, he's like seventeen just he's this is like his first game under twenty three I think actually his first game under twenty three level, he was man of the match. You know, he was phenomenal. Yeah, I I'd,
1: saw a couple of the matches, and he was like head and shoulders above the yeah, rest of the pitch. Yeah,
0: massively. You just composure on the ball, his timing, precision. He he just has it, and with games, he he really really could. I mean, that was like a real glimpse. He'd not played since last October. I'm sure it was last October, last November oh, it was the yeah. last time he had any minutes he's not played under 23 football he's not been out on loan, he's literally just been training and training and training so for him to come into the side and put in a performance like that to me, I, I, I thought it was phenomenal and if he was you know, you look at the injuries and stuff I mean, here's another thing from last night both Steve Burgwine and Lucas Mora left the pitch injured you know, they weren't so yeah, tactically, worry. you know, both of them. And I mean, Jose was just like, you know, they've both run themselves into the ground for the cause. And yeah. yeah, but but we, as a team that's really struggling for an attacking threat of any sort, the idea that Kane's son, Lucas, Burgwine are all out. I mean, it's just like total facepalm territory. But, but yeah. yeah, so that's where we are. I mean, Lamella... None of us know where we can play one or two games in a week, let alone one game a month. Really, um, which is unfortunate, because you can tell he literally go out and die for the calls, but it just it just ain't there, is it? Um, no, uh, which which is a shame. But uh, I think I think sometimes as well, you just got to be really hard with with your kind of choices and stuff. And I think in this summer like Summers previously, really. I think the club needs to be a bit harder in its kind of stance on this. You know, Lamella...
1: I have a horrible feeling we're not going to be, though. Uh,
0: to, to be honest with you, mate, our track record suggests we're not. Our track record no. suggests we'll make two or three sign-ins, um, shift a couple of players, um, and that'll be it, and we, you, you just kind of hope. Um, in reality, it should be probably anywhere between 5 and 8 players shown the door and 5 5 to 6 coming in with with youth um, filling in yeah. the gaps but yeah I, I, I can't go down that road again um but yeah so <laughs> i was i was kind of impressed with skip um i want to give a mention to troy parrot um in the week jose in the press conference said there's fans screaming at me every game to play him you know I can hear you, you know, you're sat behind me, trust me, I can hear you. But how many yeah. of you have actually ever watched him play? How many of you even know what he looks like? Um, I actually think, although Jose is quite abrupt in what he says, I actually think he has a really good point. There are fans yeah. on social media and everything screaming for this kid to get to play. I guarantee the vast majority have never watched him or if they have it's yeah. a youtube clip which to be quite frankly i could put together a youtube clip of me playing football where i look awesome <laughs> but yeah it's it's not football i mean i watched Troy a lot and one of the things i always kept saying to people is yeah he's great he really has everything but he's still young you know he's still very young and he's, yep. he looks physically capable and everything but i mean he is just turned 18 um, it's going to be a massive test for him now, you know, he, he came onto the field last night to like a massive roar, almost like it was
1: Kane coming off the bench. and Which was that, so unfair on the poor kid.
0: Well, you know, I mean, that must have just felt incredible, you know, just such a groundswell of support. Every time like they, they showed an image of him on the big screen, it got a cheer as well, but... He came on, that must have just been just this amazing feeling. He came on, he was battling to try and get the ball, trying to get a chance. I kept thinking to myself, genuinely now, and I do hand on heart believe this you give that kid a chance in the box, he will score. I I genuinely believe that. He is lethal, all right, regardless of his age, regardless of what I've said about him being young, etc. You get him a chance around that six yard box, I fully trust that kid to score. If he had the chances that Lucas Mora had, or Sergio Ray had, or Giovanni Luchelso had, or um, Jetson had, Parrot scores two goals, two two out of four easily, possibly three out of the four, definitely. I like Kane. You yeah, know, just just would score them. Um, so I kept thinking he's myself, a finisher. He's a natural he, finisher. He is. Yeah. yeah. So I just kept feeling myself, just get him a chance. Just let the ball drop to him. You know, just just let it happen because if it does, I know the killer score. The minute it went to penalties, I think I might have messaged you. It might have been um, the, the Spurs News uh, group chat. I just went, ill will mess. Because yeah. he's just turned 18. Tim Krull is literally a penalty expert to the point he got substituted on by his country once to, to face penalties.
1: Tim Krull is one of those goalkeepers where if he's on your team, you love yeah. him. If you're against yeah. him, you hate him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had a great game last night. You know, he, yep. he did everything right. Um, if a shot was at him, stinging, he parried it, but he got it away, unlike form. Um, you <laughs> know, he, did, yep. he, you know, he did, he did everything right. Um, so, I, I, you just can't I, I, you know, I'm always a great believer in. yes, penalties are a lottery, but generally, you know, the I think the the better team on the night went through. I hate to say it, but I think they did. Um, the team that wanted it more, anyway, went through. Yeah, uh, Tim crawl was good, uh, and I just felt—I I mean, this is a massive test now for Troy Parrott because that mist could easily
1: swallow up a young player. And he looked got, devastated. There's a yeah, there's a picture of him between—he's uh, next to Eric Dyer and Jan Vertonghen. Yeah, Jan looks a bit miffed. Dyer looks really frustrated, and Parrot just looks absolutely devastated.
0: Yeah, well, you think about it. You came onto that roar. You're feeling all of that emotion. All of those fans are right behind you and everything like that, and then you miss. Yeah. All of that just drained. All of a sudden, those 50-odd thousand or 40-odd thousand Spurs fans who were right on you, you just feel a collective, ugh. And uh, don't get me wrong, I've got no doubt plenty of Spurs fans were like, don't worry, you know, don't worry, it'll be all right. And and I'm I'm of that attitude as well. You know, he's a young player. You can't... Uh, penalties get missed. You know, some of the best players in the world miss penalties. It just happens. Yeah. Um, You know, Jetson Fernandez was literally in tears, you know, because he completely mishit his penalty. You know, it was a complete dribble. Oh, God, yeah, that penalty crap.
1: was awful. Yeah and,
0: yeah, and he was he was in bits. And... and I, you know, I never look at it and go, attack the players who miss. I, I think, uh, you know, Lamella missed it on his birthday. You know, we all know. Yeah, you can say what you want about him. You can say all the stuff about his injuries. But there's no way on this earth that guy doesn't try everything he can for this club. There's just no way anyone yeah. can fault that. So for him to miss, on his bloody birthday as well. You know, the guy, it just happens. It's penalties. It happens. Unfortunately, it seems to happen to Tottenham fans and England fans more than anybody else. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just bloody does. Um, do you know, an interesting stat I saw after the game, Jose Mourinho, whilst managing English teams, has never won a penalty shootout. He uh, lost four five bastards with Chelsea. Now gone to Spurs. Yeah, he lost oh. five with Chelsea, two with Man United, and now he lost his first one with Tottenham. Oh, that mad, when you think of him and the way he typically sets teams up to win games I would never think of that but yeah in England managing English teams never won a penalty shootout no, oh. weird stat I mean I'm, if That's I'd known suck. that yeah if I'd known that before the penalties I probably would have just turned them off and gone and got a beer but yeah yeah, no, get um, over. yeah and I can understand now why he was sat on the bench just thinking ugh oh, here we go again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um no yeah, <laughs> so
0: I think I think it's a massive, massive thing now for Troy Parrott I, I given the injuries we've got, given the lack of options and everything we've got, we got Burnley at the weekend. Me personally, I'd play him, start him, show show confidence in him, say to him, penalties can get missed. Don't don't make that become you.
1: Um yeah. I got a, I got a feeling Jose won't <laughs> but if it was me Well I my... don't know because he came out in the press didn't he, he said about he said to the board yeah. I can either win the Champions League match or win the Burnley match.
0: Uh well no, he never said win, he said compete. I can either try oh, and compete. be competitive, yeah.
1: Oh that's a worry. I well, preferred it when I thought he said we'd win one of them, but okay. Um, well, there, there's there's no but,
0: way. I mean, you think about how much Burnley want to beat us after what we did to them at our stadium. Yeah. and It feels like years ago, but we beat them 5-0 with Sun beating their entire team in scoring.
1: Oh, of course, yeah, blimey, that seems like years ago. <laughs> that is yeah. years ago, blimey, yeah. Yeah, that was wow. this season. <laughs> That seems like a lifetime ago.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. I am pretty much cheering on the coronavirus to end the season soon. Um, but, yeah, no. It's Burnley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, Corona, go. Um, I've been buying bottles of the stuff, drinking it like crazy, but it's not helping yet. I I, I genuinely think Troy Parrott should play, I, I mean, and start against Burnley, not just on the bench. Show the kid the yeah. show him, you know, and maybe Jetson as well you know, just penalties are penalties. They're gone. Bang. It's gone. I believe in you get out there because it can easily fester stuff like this. You know, you can easily become a thing that just eats at you. Um, There's an under 23 game as well, whether they'll give him 45 minutes and that again, just to, you know more football, more more getting back into the swing. He, I don't know.
1: He just scored, didn't he? He scored against against Wolves in their match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the under twenty three game,
0: um, he, he scored one, um, which was set up by uh, Pock Junior. By the way, Maurizio um, hey. Pochettino, who got one assist and one goal in the game, dedicated it to his dad. Uh, oh, which good. I'm sure when? <laughs> well, it was it was his dad's birthday, so. You know, this, this is for you, Dad, on your birthday, which I'm sure Tottenham went. <laughs> Cheers, kid. <laughs> yeah,
1: thanks. Great. Yeah,
0: I'll tell you what was funny, right? It was on Twitter. Um, They were tweeting out the the score and everything from the under-23 game. We were 3-0 up in the game, yep. and we substituted Pochettino off. And Wolves came back, and it was 3-2. And the reply, oh. the, my favourite reply was, uh, so Wolves scored. It's now three two with so many minutes to go, and the top tweet reply was, "See another another example of when you take Pochettino of the club, everything goes to crap."
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it did
0: make me laugh. Did make me laugh. Um, now um, the last thing before we we've got a a lot. Of fan stuff uh, from the Facebook page to to discuss. Um, we do a post every week, basically, you know, asking for questions or topics. We have a lot there, yep. so before we go on to that, there's one last thing I want to discuss. Now, granted, some of the, I haven't read them, so some of the stuff we've already talked about could have possibly covered the questions on there, but I want to talk about that Harry Kane story this week. What, what do you think about it?
1: <laughs> um. I mean, I know I jokingly messaged you saying, oh God, he's going to be playing for Poch next season at United. Yeah. And I said it as a joke, but realistically, if we don't qualify for Europe at all this season, and let's just say that Poch does go into Man United, yeah, I can see a hundred plus million pound bid being put. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I... I don't want Harry to ever leave because Harry is Mr Tottenham he's through and through he loves the club Yeah. but at, at what point do you have to take a bit of the personal out of it and go you're one of the best strikers in the world Yeah. D- you deserve to win every trophy that you can do you deserve to be in a, a Barca around a Madrid sort of as well and I, yeah I'm finding it difficult to kind of see where The heart and the head.
0: I don't see in a million years us selling him to another English team. I don't think they could afford him. I I think the price, the. Think about the homegrown status of players and how much that inflates the price of a player to a fellow English club. Harry Kane. Oh, you're looking at 200 million. Yeah, you're looking anywhere between 150 to 200 million before Daniel Levy would even take your phone call. So I don't yeah. think there's a club in England you could actually afford him, um, you know, with Man City currently under investigation. <laughs> it oh, just yeah. wouldn't happen. Uh, Harry wouldn't join Chelsea. Arsenal couldn't afford him. Um, Manchester United possibly could pay that, but literally they'd pay that and that would be their one signing. Um, they, they are doing a squad rebuild themselves, so they'll know their money needs to go elsewhere. It basically leaves it that are Spanish too, Real Madrid and Barcelona. The problem is if Real Madrid want him, and they've made that known for well over 18 months now. So, yes, which, the, the story is, for anyone who hasn't read it, it came from a reporter in the, the Times or the Telegraph, I, I forget which now, which was basically that Harry Kane might want to leave this summer because he's kind of feels the club aren't matching his ambitions. Now I saw a lot of replies to the story of this where people are like, no, that's nonsense. He's always said he wants to stay here for life. I think people sometimes read quotes and only hear what they want to hear because the yeah. actual quote Harry's said time and time again is I'd love to be at Tottenham my entire career. I would love it to happen but I don't, you know, they have to match my ambitions. Yeah. It's not, it's not rocket science. If the club continue to invest, continue to move forward, he ain't going anywhere. If he feels like we got a chance of winning stuff, he isn't going to leave. But right now,
1: yeah.
0: and you've got to remember as well, players mentality and mental states take a real change when they're out injured. You know, they you know, they got time to dwell on things, time to think about things. They're not in the thick of it. Yeah. They're perhaps meeting with more agents and sponsors than they normally do, talking about, oh, you know, if you were in Spain right now, you you know, warmer weather, you wouldn't keep having these injury niggles. <laughs> um Yeah, and, and then he's so...
1: sitting on the bench and watching us versus Norwich going, Oh,
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he came down to talk to the players. You know, he was there watching the game in his box with his family. He came down to talk to the players before the penalty shootout last night. You know, he's a leader leader to the squad. Um, Yeah. But there's absolutely no way at all you can escape the fact that he has constantly said, as long as the club keeps matching my ambitions... Now I, I again pointed that out on the Facebook post and a lot of people slammed me and shouted me down saying the club are showing ambition. Um I, I I personally disagree with that. I personally think that we had several transfer windows where we did nothing. Um, and yes, people can point to the stadium and I I completely accept that. But you 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 got you, we stood still. And when you stand still in football, everyone went past us. You've got to remember Kane was uh, a goal scorer when we beat Liverpool 4-1 Liverpool took that game and went right let's change things and yeah. they did we took that game and went we are so good and we never changed we did nothing we never evolved despite the fact our manager at the time constantly said we need to act differently we need to change things we need to sign you know we need to do this we need to do that but we, we need the
1: upgrades yeah
0: yeah now I know a lot of people are going to say well we spent 100 150 or million on players the summer just gone. Yes we did, but it's the it's the equivalent of like the horse is bolted, you know it's it's closing the stable door doors bolted. It's like throwing water onto a house that's already burnt down. It, it's it's too late. You know our opportunity yeah. to spend that money and win things was two seasons ago. If we'd spent that money then 100% we'd have evolved and we'd be where you know Liverpool are now really challenging. But we didn't. Yep. We stayed,
1: we went backwards. Now we've spent that money.
0: It's,
1: it's going to take another season or two for us to get to a level we want to be at if we, we keep gone, spending the money.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, if we keep spending the money and that that's where I struggle with our owners because I'm not convinced they will. I, and when i when i see them when i see the questions get put to them by the trust and you know the tottenham Watson supporters trust quiz them on stuff like this and i see the responses my heart sinks you know they yeah it's their version or their their idea of success differs greatly from that of a fan and that has been evident
1: for years the problem we've got is, at the moment, this season is a success to the board because the stadium's open, Guns and Roses are selling out two nights there, and they've now got the Anthony Joshua fight.
0: Yeah, and Lady Gaga. And for well. them,
1: and Lady Gaga. So, for them, yeah. successful season. Profitable, successful season. For the fans, we're looking at a team that haven't got a striker. You know, it's silly yeah. things. I mean, Serge Aurier, if he gets injured, we're left yeah. with... Tanganga uh, 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 yeah. right back who's a centre back or Eric Dyer yeah. and that's what the fans are seeing but the board are seeing these paychecks rolling because Anthony Joshua has got a fight there which you know if it's a 60,000 seater stadium by the time you've added in all the seats onto the ground itself you're looking at what 80 or thousand set out for that
0: yeah yeah it'd, it'd do okay
1: you know, and that's where my worry is. I, I trust Levy. We've had this conversation before. I trust in Levy to the extent of, he will not leave the club in a hole, struggling money wise, etc., cetera, etc. He has built us an incredible stadium, but we now need Joe Lewis to pull his finger out a bit more and go right. Now we need to push on.
0: Yeah, I. It's difficult because. I, I do understand the off-field advances we made under Enoch have been monstrous strides, you know, like ridiculous levels. Um,
1: the, the training ground, the stadium, yeah.
0: But the the training ground, the stadium, the, the marketing of the club, the global brand that is Tottenham now, it, you know, from when they took it over under Sugar it's unrecognisable that the club has evolved to a whole nother level and Mauricio Pochettino managed to build a squad, a young squad that peaked together and he managed to in essence overachieve on very little money. Um, yeah. And because of that, they, they completely uh, like, Oh, well we don't need to spend them. We don't need to do this. We don't need to do that. Despite him kind of screaming to the contrary that they needed to invest, you know, sell Carl Walker for 50 million and, you know, his replacement in Trippier cost us about 2 point something million. Um, it worked well until Trippier got called up to the England team and thought he was better than he actually was. Um, yep. Then we signed Serge Aurier for 20 something million. Uh, anyone who watched him play, could have easily said he'll never work in England. Um, forget the off-field stuff and the reasons I don't like him. You right. just watch him play and his style of play. It ain't gonna work in England. Yeah. You'll get found out. And what a shock <laughs> he did every match. Yeah, <laughs> every game. So, um, but yeah, I mean, let's 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 move on. I mean, um, the Harry Kane thing. I don't think he's going to leave this summer. This is just my personal opinion. I think this is a agent leak, not in for more money or anything like that but i think it's a you need to act you want harry to stay here for his career you need to act and if i was harry kane knowing how much he loves tottenham as a fan i'd be doing that knowing the kind of influence i could have i'd definitely be exerting pressure on the owners on the board publicly privately to invest and to make the club competitive again. Not transition, not always gonna take us a few years now.
1: Get it done. Yeah. Um but yeah that's that's just my yeah, opinion. Show Harry that ambition this summer. Yeah, show exactly. Harry the ambition this summer and he'll stay around. Don't yep. do anything for half the summer and you're gonna be in trouble for the second half when Harry's going yeah actually.
0: Yeah, I mean you yeah. think about the injuries he's had where he's basically pushed himself, he has not had any support. You know, no. he he's the kind of player where he wants to play every game, but I think he's realizing quite quickly now that he can't. And he's re, you know, he's 27 years old now. He could literally curtail his career by a few years if he keeps trying to come back from injuries as fast as he is. You know, he loves the club. He don't want to see us struggling. He wants to get back and help. It's yeah. ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. We don't have another striker. I mean, we call ourselves. At a top club, it's, it's moronic but You're anyway striker. Right. Yeah. I need to move on uh, okay, ok, so let's head let's head to the Facebook page and uh, put on my tin helmet and now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page man, am I nervous about this this week
1: I am, I'm genuinely scared to open these
0: Okay, right then, let's kick us off. Uh, First up, we've got Simon Whiteman. Simon says, Before the FA Cup exit, I was going to ask a completely different question. But now, I ask, How many of the team that played last night will be at Spurs next season? Some will disagree, but I think Dyer needs to move on. Um, Funnily enough, Simon, me and Stefan have already kind of had a chat about Dyer. Um, I think if he's a central defender, I think he played quite well last night. So for me... If that's the kind of level of performance we can get out of him as a central defender, I'd keep him. But what
1: do you think? Definitely a a squad player. 100% a squad player. If he can get back his levels of fitness and everything else as a centre-back, he could well be pushing for the starting 11 every week. Hmm. Um, I say keep him. Players that started last night that shouldn't be there next season? Um, Uh, Michel Vaughan. Vaughan, we released him for a reason. Yeah, that's my theory on Vorm. He <clears throat> the the goal they scored. He fumbled two or three directly at him shots. Um, Vorm needs to go again. Um, yep. Serge Aurier, he can go.
0: Yeah,
1: quite happily. Um, I, I hate to say it, but Lucas Moura. Yep. I I see him as as a rotational squad player at the very best. Yeah. Um, those guys definitely to go. Um, throwing a few youth players in there instead of those guys I'm you know I don't know um
0: it's difficult to say I mean Jan Vertonghen of course his deal's up we don't appear to be ready to offer him a new one so perhaps Jan as well Um, I'd like to see
1: him stay but yeah I can see him go. yeah
0: yeah I yeah I I think we need to be a bit harder uh Lamella I think needs to go um I, I agree with you on Lucas I get incredibly frustrated with him um for someone with such incredible close control on such a regular basis, he loses the ball a ridiculous amount. Like, he'll beat three yeah. men and then his next touch, the ball just like runs away from him. It's like, how? How is that possible? How can you be that amazing in that close quarters, and then that happens? And then every time I'm like losing my head with it, and I'm like, no, I'm done. This kid needs to go. You'll score. And I think, oh, that's why we keep him around. But it's a bit like Nasser Chadley. He does nothing and then scores and you forget that he's done nothing for the rest. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I, in I reality, said to you last night, yeah. In reality, we need better.
1: Yeah, I said to you last night, Lucas Moore, unfortunately, is living off the fact that he had one fantastic game against Ajax. Not even a whole game. Yeah, he scored well, a hat-trick. Him. He's got that. Everyone th- loves him for it, but yeah,
0: but and, and that's true. That's all. Will that's all anyone will ever remember, anyway. So, move them on. Yeah. I say. Um, next one's from Tom Perk. Says, "Do we stand a chance against Burnley? <sighs> no, move on. No. <laughs> um, yeah, of course we do. It's it's eleven against eleven. It's a game of football. Um, we pick a team that's ready to go out there and fight. Like we skip in the side and people like that then yeah of course we got a chance it's not going to be an easy game I mean
1: just remember South End United once beat Man United anyone yeah. can beat anyone in 90 minute game of football if we yeah like you say we get the players out there to battle and really go for it man that's depressing isn't it we can give them a proper game We've, we've just compared ourselves to Southend No, 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 no. I'm not man comparing United. this. No, I'm not comparing this. No, no, you did that is beat the, anyone. Any,
0: yeah, I know, but the <laughs> example you used was South End, and we're playing Burnley, and yet we're using an example of, A hey, South End beat Man United oh, once. Man. Come on, yeah. anything's possible. Well, edit that's that out. That's depressing. For sure. <laughs> nah. Definitely
1: edit that out. Nah, oh, man, wow. That's depressing.
0: Okay, so Ben Browning says, why would we have any questions or topics to discuss? Everything's brilliant. Um,. That's okay, the ben. blind optimism that I like. Yeah. Uh, boys, girls, don't do smack. Okay. All right. Uh, Ray Milo says, "Are the West Stand? Hang on. Are the West Stand to be feared? Historically, it's always been the Shelf and Park Lane that had the hard nuts. Should Dyer have been scared of getting in the stand to sort out the prawn sandwich brigade? Questions for the modern age. <laughs> um, I don't know where to go with that." No, I'm not too sure on that one. Um, No, Um, we discussed why he went into the stand, etc., etc. So I think, no, I think we'll leave that. I don't think there's anything to add. Uh, Jonathan Edwards says talking about the last night's game is too painful so let's keep it light feelings on Nike ditching their jersey template and do you think this whole Wanyama transfer was a setup to ruin Henri <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, yes definitely I don't know in the MLS he could look like an absolute king again I, I um, don't
1: understand the transfer if I'm honest Okay, mainly go on it. the fact he was valued at 9 million pounds what Yes, 20, 32 days ago Thirty-three days ago. Yeah. Would you would you would you like to have
0: <laughs> the worst kept secret in football dropped on you right now? Go on. He can't pass a medical. Well, yeah, that is also yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's 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 a really bad kept secret. We, yeah, we we kept asking for lots of money, and he kept nearly signing for teams, and then he weirdly wouldn't accept the deal he'd like Club Bruges were willing to pay him what he wanted Yeah, we agreed a fee with them they yeah. were going to be in the Champions League and he, he just pulled out he didn't want to do it and the thing that kept stopping it was him he had to go for a medical and he didn't do it Um, on a free <laughs> transfer uh, Montreal Impact have taken a punt and we've shed 65 grand a week plus bonuses off our wages yeah it, that that um, makes more sense yeah Anyway, that's uh, uh, the other thing. Was Nike ditching their template kit? To be honest with you, I've seen the leaked designs for next season. I've always been a fan of us having yellow as our second kit because yep. when I was growing up, that's what it was. And I've seen that they've got a design for that yellow with our kind of blue on it. And I quite like the look of that. If that's what we use, I'll be quite happy. But if the um, leaked kits
1: are real, oh, the fourth kit with the grey stripes, i weirdly like as well. Uh, I think that was the training top.
0: I like that one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, leak kits are often just the, the designs that people leak. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Tony Stevo stevenson says OTBC. I don't know what that means. O to be calm? I don't know. Um, I was going to go the C word, but never mind. Um, <laughs> now, our next comment is from a charming man he's handsome sophisticated smells great his name's matt um oh it's matt who used to be on our podcast yeah no matt matt of podcast fame has commented he says as i stood in the stands last night watching jedson miss the decisive penalty your wise words came to mind sam it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> now FA Cup success has disappeared for another year, this season needs to be written off. Mourinho's written it off, and we all need to write it off for our own sanity. Two seasons ago, Liverpool fans were mocked for constantly saying next season will be ours, but they knew they had a class manager who would bring them success. Pep Guardiola had an average trophy season in his first, ch- first year at Man City, but look at the trophy haul he's accumulated now. Now, I appreciate we haven't got the financial clout that Man City and possibly to an extent Liverpool have, but we do have a manager as good as they as good as good they have, and I truly believe he will end our trophy drought sooner rather than later. So here are wise words from me. Form is temporary, class is permanent in Mourinho I
1: trust. Come on, you Spurs. Um, I agree, yes. We need to write the season off for our own sanity. Very much so. Yeah. I, I would also swap Jose for Pep or Klopp in a heartbeat. But apart from that, um, yeah, uh, not, not Pep
0: for me. I can't stand him. Uh, and Klopp actually annoys me. But anyway, oh, I, I love Klopp. I'd have
1: Klopp over Jose, but yeah, no, but, I, I just want to punch him.
0: Um, Ian, Ian Diver says, did Dyer's reaction overshadow his best performance of the season? In my opinion, he had a really good game. Yeah, we agree with you, Ian. We discussed that earlier on. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't completely tarnish it. I, I liked it. Uh, Michael Joseph says, What is it with the modern fan that demands instant success? Sack him, sell him. Did we really think a mid-season appointment would bring instant trophies? I personally thought when we hired Jose, it would need a pre-season to train in a system. Um, I think it's a valid point, Michael, Yep. what you said there. I think I think everybody does have a very... um. Uh, I don't know what the right word. It's like a modern society thing where you throw things out, you never fix them. You know, it's just a societal thing where everything's instant nowadays. You want to watch a movie, you click a button. You know, we used to have to drive the blockbuster, boys and girls. And if you're young enough to wonder what I'm talking about, Google it. um <laughs> But it's it's kind of an instant society, and that is the reality of it. You know someone has one bad game selling his crap it's just a pinch of salt social media nonsense the one thing I would say about Jose Mourinho and this isn't an attack this is just an observation plenty of managers come into teams mid-season you know some managers come into teams they're bottom of the league and stuff like that and they you see a bump you see like this instant new manager bump because they come in and they do work on a pattern of play they do work on a certain style It does concern me that we don't seem to have that. You know, every game could be a different formation, a different set of players trying to do something completely different than what we tried in the last game. And you could point at injuries and say, "Yeah, but you know, he's missing this player, that player, that player." But if you have a pattern and a style, a system, then players in the squad should be able to come in and out of that. If that makes sense. Yeah,
1: that's what worries me: is the fact that it's changing every game.
0: Yeah, I'd, I I do think Matt's point of the season's been written off by Jose is kind of true. I think perhaps he's literally just trying to get through every game, trying to do as best he possibly can, accumulate points where he can. But let's, let's be frank about this. His team selection last night suggested he didn't give a crap about the FA Cup. Mauricio Pochino picks that team for an FA Cup. Everyone slams him for not caring about the Cups. Jose got brought in, everyone was like, Oh, Jose, Jose have win us a trophy. That FA Cup was our only realistic chance this season, and he and he he wrote it off last night. If if he was serious about it, you don't put a goalkeeper in he's not played a competitive match for eighteen months. Yeah. So that's that's all I've got to say about that. Um Kevin McPherson says, Who's still sad we lost Bocchicino? Um I'm sad he left because I enjoyed his time at the club but it's over. We can't go back. Let's move on. Um, What what about you, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm the the same as you. I miss Potch because of what we did under Potch over the years and how we advanced under Potch. Yep. Um, But, yeah, time's moved on. He's gone. Someone else is in. Um, Knowing what Jose's track record is like in three years' time there'll be someone else and there'll be someone else.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Uh,
1: It's football, it moves.
0: Sean Gibbs says, when's Jose being sacked? Uh, Hopefully no time soon, Sean, because I think that'd be ridiculous. Um, Kevin Allen says, as we're doing an impressive impersonation of being totally rudderless and on a downward spiral, are there plans afoot to improve the type of football, our core business, we play and extradite ourselves from the looming brown stuff? That's very well put, Kevin. Um, To be honest with you, I think... This has been discussed, you know, ad nauseam. Um, there is no style. There is no type of play at the moment. This is just who's fit. Put your hand up. Right. This is the formation we're going to play. Let's, let's just try and win a game. Um, I, I think we have to judge Jose and his time at Tottenham on next season. Yep. You know, he, he'll have a preseason. He'll have a second window to sign players that he wants and needs to to make a system work that he wants to play, and if we are crap to watch, then I think we as fans have every right to go, "What the hell?"
1: However, I think if you look at Bergwijn that's coming and Jensen Fernandez who's coming, the sort of style of players they are—if yeah. they were players that Jose himself went right, they're two people that I want in this window. Yeah. And that's the sort of style of player that he's going to bring in. Things are going to be very exciting and good again for Spurs, hopefully next season.
0: Potentially, yeah. Um, Rick Barnflower says, why are we shit? Um, because we reflect our fans. No, joking. Um, yeah, careful, Rick, to, I've been to be, kidding. Honest with you, yeah, to be honest with you, Rick, um, there are loads of reasons. Uh, we've, we've discussed many on the show already. Uh, unfortunately, none of them are quick fixes. Now, uh, Jeff Edwards said we're still ahead of Arsenal. Yeah, uh, they got a game in hand, Jeff, and their goal difference is better, so don't yeah. enjoy that for long. Mark Camp says, I have a question. Why have we got a manager in charge who is so out of touch with the current game? Um, That's a real... Uh, that was something
1: a... that the Man United fans were all saying about that he's behind the times because they weren't playing well. I don't want us to then kind of drag ourselves to that level. I I don't think Jose's behind in the times at all.
0: No, he's not. It's a narrative. And unfortunately, it's like Harry Winks only passes backwards. It's like Harry Kane only scores tap-ins and penalties. It's become a narrative that unfortunately the media have jumped on and therefore it's become true. Just like last night, it became true that Eric Dyer was defending Jetson Fernandez and calling him his brother against racists. Yeah. It wasn't true. Uh, it's not true that Harry Kane only scores tap-ins in penalties, it? and it's not true that Jose Mourinho has been left behind by other football managers. At Manchester United, he didn't get the players he wanted. His whole demeanour was terrible because he wasn't living in Manchester. He was living in a hotel. His family stayed in London. It just didn't work out for him there. And yet, he still won two trophies. He picked up the League Cup and the Europa League with that club. Yeah. Um, if he did that with Tottenham next season people would be building a statue of him at Man United that's not good enough for their standards they deem if they don't win the league don't win the Champions League that's not good enough at Tottenham yeah, yeah we want to be where that is that's where we want to be but right now if he lifted the League Cup and the Europa League next season seriously there we talk of statues people would love him so we bank
1: holidays for all Tottenham fans yeah
0: yeah it, it's kind of a nonsense um and also, it's it's very difficult to judge him based on what we're seeing right now. Um, if he had, that's why I keep saying you got to judge him next season. Maurizio Pochettino's first season with us, we played crap. Our football God, was yeah. shocking. We yep. were really bad, and he says it himself in his book. If Harry Kane hadn't gone on the run, he did scoring goals. He would have been sacked in his first season. He knows it. He says it openly. I'd have lost my job if Harry hadn't come on and started scoring goals. Yeah. Because we just weren't creating anything and we weren't scoring goals. That That's that's what people forget. People just kind of, like ex-girlfriend syndrome. You kind of just remember how great she was at bed and not how she used to nag you all the time. Yeah. Anyway, I probably just revealed too much about my personal life. <laughs> um, Lee Sadler says, when are questions going to be asked of the hierarchy what well only uh yes we have a pretty new stadium but other than that we've seen a couple of chances to push on and challenge to come and go it's easy to blame managers but if they're not backed what hope do we have not just signings but outgoings Lee be hanging on for every last penny instead of ridding the dressing room of bad apples lee absolutely 100% mate i could have written that myself that's perfect yeah <laughs> um there's this thing, and I, I'd love your opinion on this, and I, I hopefully Lee agrees with me as well, because I'm kind of taking his point and running with it here. Yep. We as fans have been conditioned via Enoch and Daniel Levy that every time we're not doing well, we sack a manager. Before Pochettino, we sacked 13 managers. Jeez, that's a lot. Every time things aren't going well, sack the manager, sack the manager, new manager, sack the manager. And I feel like, as fans, we've been almost brainwashed by our owners of the club that it's never their fault. Yeah. And because of that, there is a large amount of our fans right now going, sack Jose. Oh, it's not working out. Sack him.
1: Yeah, he's not the man we thought he would be. Yeah, he's not doing it. it.
0: It's not. It is above that. It is... Mauricio Pochini overachieved, made it abundantly clear, both publicly and privately what needed to happen to take the next step, and they never did it. They then invested when it was too late, and the squad was in pieces. The point about ridding the dressing room of bad apples, this summer was toxic. There were players at the club who fell out with Maurizio Pochettino.
1: Yeah. Therefore, they shouldn't have been there. And when you think of how close-knit that whole squad was... Yeah. Yeah, things had gone yeah. that bad for people to be falling out yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It, it, uh, and and it created this toxic, you know, and then and then it ended. And of course, it creates a divide. There's players who were literally still loyal to the man to this day. I mean, uh, stories going around that Deli Alley's still having dinner with him once a week and stuff like that. I mean, that. <laughs> the, <laughs> If they're friends away from football, they're friends away from football, but that that must have created one hell of a divide in the in the dressing room if you've got a group of players who can't stand the bloke yeah. and another group that are in love with him and will run through walls for him. As a club you have to back the manager. I, I've said it all along. Even if it's a manager I don't particularly like like we appointed Jose Mourinho, not the manager I would have appointed. Genuinely now, not not someone I would have gone for. I just don't think he's a fit for us in, in what we do but yeah. you can argue with his CV No, nope. <laughs> you just you can't argue with it at all so the fact that we were able to appoint him is kind of like oh wow well, okay but then you got to give him a bloody chance you know it's like uh, appoint, uh, getting a builder to build your house but then not giving him any tools
1: yeah, <laughs> you
0: just, you've got to give him the tools you've got to give him the time to do it you don't get a workman in to build something and he says yeah it's going to take this long to do it and then after two days sack him because it's not happened fast enough yep. you've got to give it time uh, Lee I hope I ran with your point the way you would have liked um, but yeah I, I think we as fans have been conditioned by our owners to blame managers always and it's not right it's, it's <laughs> It ain't them, it is the owners. The owners need to take some serious-ass responsibility for what's going on at our club. Um, And I think it's absolutely right that people should be asking those questions. Um, Okay, now, I need to find the others now. (laughs) Um, I I kind kind of went off on one then, and I had them all loaded up on my phone, and my phone's vanished. So, uh, Linton Ford says, "What's going on? It seems like we've disintegrated, and everything that could go wrong has. Not sure who's to blame. Thoughts, Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy, and Joe Lewis. I blame Enoch I
1: blame I blame our overlords. Who do you blame, mate? I'm I'm with you. I am with you. There was, you know, Levy should have done the sensible thing when we were building the stadium and hire a director of football." even if it was only on like an 18 to 24 month term contract, yep. someone should have been hired just to sit over the top of it and watch it all and go, right, you go off. You deal with the commercial stuff. You deal with the stadium. I'll yep. sit here and deal with the contracts and the signings. yeah. Yep. Even if it was a case of Daniel Lee saying, right, there's 60 million pounds. That's all we're going to be able to afford. That is it. Yeah. However, yeah, do, deals. do your stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah do, do your thing. Um. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, agreed completely. Pete Powell says, When are the board gonna realise that Josie only gets success when he buys it? We're not a club that splashes the cash, this won't work. Uh Pete he didn't do it at Porto. Um the only other team where he came in midway through a season was Porto. Yeah. Um he never spent anything. He just re- reinvented a load of players, brought a few young players through, changed the tactics, got them playing a system. They won the league, then the following year they won the won the Champions League. So I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with us. I'm just saying that nice though. The the Jose only buys is you know when he went to Chelsea he did, but then of course, which manager wouldn't go to a club like that? Who says okay, you got a blank chequebook and wouldn't spend? <laughs> <You got laughs>
1: I mean, just, yeah, you can imagine uh, if Enoch and all that turned around to any manager, Pochettino, Mourinho, anyone. I mean, and said, right, there's the open checkbook. Who do you need? Yeah,
0: any, any players you want. Yeah, Mauricio would have spent hundreds of millions. Yeah. Um, but then we might have won something. Uh, Dave Merlin says, a very large number of fans clearly do not understand the very recent history of the club's finances relating to mm-hmm. the stadium, training ground projects in Wembley, how the owners have financed these projects and how this has impacted on the very restricted money available to invest in the squad. But with the newly generated and stable finances, now this should enable investment in the squad in the future. Those of us who have fully supported Daniel Levy up to now now have expectations. Um... I take your point, Dave, very much so. And I have always said I'm not Levy out, I'm not Levy in. I base my praise or my criticism on individual things. Uh, As I said earlier in the podcast, you cannot deny the work that's happened off the field. But the one thing I would say, and consistently is on the field, he's let us down. Um, You talk about the finances, etc., and the restrictions on that, uh, it was two separate budgets. Um, the problem we actually had was time, and Daniel Levy wanting to do both. Yeah. And this is the point that you just made a minute ago. In reality, when that stadium was being built, etc., he should have said, um, "Anybody else? You know, someone he trusted could have been his son. You know, could have been anybody. Yeah. He's now in charge of that because I need to focus on this." Yeah, You know, even if it's for this one season, two seasons, it needed to happen, and it didn't, and we paid the price for it. Um, all we got to do is look at the accounts to see that the money was there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Martin Hood says, Thought yesterday was hard to say that a player had a bad game, really. Thought that tactically we were wrong, seemed to score one, then just sit back. If that's the way forward, then we're not long before Kane leaves. Um Yeah, I kind of felt that a little bit, actually. Uh, Once we scored, we showed no ambition at all.
1: No, no, you're right. It it took for them to equalise before we then started going, oh, wait a second.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a fair point, really. Um...
1: But yeah, at the same time, we were fairly solid in defence and the midfield looked good. There was just no kind of emphasis on, well, let's go get another one or two.
0: Yeah, which you know we could have killed the game off if we had. Um, so yeah, and no, that's a fair point. Um, again, judge it on next season. I don't think we can judge it now. No. Um, Tazwar Zafir says, "Do you guys think this is the beginning of our good run in the Premier League? For the last six or seven seasons, um, it's a fumble. <laughs> uh, we fumble many times during the course. Um, oh, we can only hope, mate. Um." <laughs> Leaving the FA Cup, literally the league is our focus because, barring some sort of Amsterdam-esque miracle, I can't see us winning in Leipzig on Tuesday. Um, so it is literally the league. It's all we got to focus on from now yeah. to the end of the season. Um, so uh, I, I hope. Right now, it feels like there's no. <laughs> you know, you only got to look at the fact that me and Stefan earlier were looking at the Burnley game saying, you know, it's 11 against 11, we could should be able to compete. It's depressing. yeah, But that's the reality of where we are. Paul Matthews says, I think you're brave asking this question after everything that's been
1: happening for the last
0: 12 hours. Yes, it was
1: Paul. I think Thank you're you. brave to post anything on that page at the moment. That's actually what I replied to, yeah. by the way. <laughs> uh, why would we have any
0: questions or topics? Everything's brilliant. We know, Ben. We know you said that. Uh, when will Jetson Fernandez play a
1: full game? Um, probably on Saturday. <laughs> if he's, yeah, he's going to go, yeah. for, if if go yeah, for Tuesday, probably. probably Saturday.
0: Yeah, quite possibly Saturday. Yeah, that's a good show. Uh, Stuart Burgess says Delhi's form, the squad confidence is disappearing. Uh, Delhi just looks lost. He just looks absolutely... I
1: kind of feel sorry for him in the sense of... He's basically now, it looks like being told... You're our central attacking player. Yeah. We need you to replicate what Kane does and score goals. Off you go. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, no, I appear in the box at the last second. That's how I've built a career.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you what really illustrated for me last night... His um, lack of self-belief at the moment... Deli Alli is in the box with no one on him and Lucas Moura doesn't square it to him and Deli just stands there with his hands out like dude, Deli Alli fully confident fully full of himself would have screamed for that ball yeah. and if it didn't come, Lucas Moura would have heard about it to the point that everyone in the south stand would have heard what Deli called him yeah. for not squaring it but he is so devoid of confidence, so low his body language was just uh, all night. Everything yeah. was just, uh, and I gotta be honest with you, it is really sad to watch. But I have every confidence in Delhi that he can still be one of the best players, English footballers in this league. We have got to get behind him. Yeah, we got to sing his name loud. We got to get other songs being sung about him. That only cost five mil thing. Yeah, it's been it. Let's get behind him. Just sing his name. Just anything. Just try and lift him because it's all very well when a player scores a goal to sing his name. He's already on a high. He scored a goal. We need to lift the guy yeah. we've got right now. Mendel um, is one of them. Um, John Bateman says, We're an absolute disgrace. Nothing more than a laughing stock. Bring in
1: Benitez or Klingsman. And I say, There's another, what, 19 teams in the Premiership? Go choose one. Yeah, right. absolute
0: disgrace. Nothing more than a laughing stock. I always find that very difficult. You know, um, yeah, I, I'm angry at the result. Yeah, I'm frustrated with the way things have gone this season. But I, I, I struggle with that. I don't see his point there. But there's no point dwelling on it. And the final one is Ian Vane says Eric Dyer, right or wrong, to get in the stand to confront fans.
1: What do you think? I think we've gone over it so many times already. Um, yeah, like I said, professionals can't do it, but any other person would. From a professional footballer standpoint, he's going to get
0: punished for doing it. As a human being, I cannot fault him for protecting his little brother. No, nah. that's, that's, yeah, I, I, I can I am you know, now I am...
1: banned from a high street retail store because I defended my little sister. So yeah, i completely behind him.
0: Yeah, but you're a bit of an ass, to be oh, fair. Yeah, true. I I'd ban you. <laughs> uh but anyway, mate, that's it. That's everything. I think, you know, we're done. I think anyone who's listened to this whole show is probably uh done themselves. Um but look, let, let me try and end this on a little bit of positivity. Let me try and end this with a kind of uh, glimmer of hope, which was brought to us by Matt, who isn't here this week. Basically, we are crap right now. Let, let's let's be blunt about it. The football's not good, the players all look dejected and out on their feet. There is a growing disconnect between us and the team and it, and it feels awful. But this is the time where we need to put the word support in supporter. And we need to try and do everything we can to get this team over the line. Because what happens at the end of this season will greatly, and I mean massively beyond measure impact what happens in the summer and in turn, how good we are next season. When Pep Guardiola came to England, he struggled with Man City massively, but he identified during his time in that first season what he needed to make them a better team the next year. The club spent the money, the rest is history. Jurgen Klopp came to Liverpool, up and down like a yo-yo. Yep. After we smashed them, and it was us, he, he went to them and said, you want us to win things, genuinely want us to win things. I need you to buy me a keeper, a central defender, a midfielder, and that's what I need. I can, you know, we can score goals, but I need a spine behind it. Yeah. They they spent the money. The rest is history. There is, uh, there is no escaping it. There is no way around it. There is no escaping the fact that this team needs investment. The owners know it. We, the fans, know it. Jose Mourinho knows it. Oh, the squad knows it. Yeah. But this season, if we can somehow scrape our way into European football, fourth, brilliant. Fifth, could still be brilliant. But safe. You know, even the Europa League allows a financial. There's a reward way. there. Yeah. There is something there for attracting players and also incentivizing players in terms of staying and also in terms of joining Jose Mourinho at Tottenham. Yeah. Because his record when he drops into that Europa League for a year, whatever club he's at, is he tends to bloody win it. Yep. And I don't know about you, but I'd still be happy with that. Oh, a
1: trophy is a trophy right now. A
0: European trophy is a European trophy. And yeah, so... We gotta write the season off in terms of achievement. We gotta write the season off in terms of flat, But we gotta get behind the team, yeah. Because if in the league we can push forward, and if in the league we can fight and claw and just get every point we possibly can to secure European football next season, then it's over to the board. You know, genuinely, in the summer we can all just say right show show us what, what you really think you constantly say you want to win things prove it Yep, and I hope they do and then next season is when it's fair to judge Jose, it's fair to judge this team, this squad his style of football, everything like that you know, gloves are off then that, that's when it's fair to judge, right now oof, I, I don't think it's fair,
1: no you're right, you're bang on
0: Okay, mate. Good talking to you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We'll be back, I hope, next week. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000
0: other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News.
1: Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.